0: Okay, uh, he mentioned uh, Augustine. Augustine said something that will apply to you at some point. Many of you obviously have your heart set on being an overseer or a teacher of some sort. Augustine said that uh, no man can be a good bishop who loves his title more than his task. And uh, when you look at the requirements for an elder, you'll see that uh, it is a good task he desires, not a good title he desires. And I want you to know that after doing this for uh, 35 years professionally, but really all the years that I've been a Christian, because I was taught this from the get-go, is that uh, uh, people will hurt you. And uh, uh, you wouldn't think sheep could hurt you. Uh, but once you start taking care of them, you'll find out they can. You can't become cynical, and you can't give up. You have to be tough. Guys, you've got to be men. This is not for wimps. So what we're talking about today is that very sort of thing. Raising children. Uh, if you talk to any woman who's raised children, that's not for wimps. Uh, so you've got to be tough. And uh, uh, Augustine actually lived through a lot of that himself. And um, I just recently started reading through The City of God. Uh, I, I might die before I finish that, but that's a difficult <laughs> book. Has anybody read that so far? Okay, you've done that. Uh, That's that's difficult. It's tedious. Some of it's tedious, but it's good stuff. Uh, Okay, so we're going to talk about disciple-making. So can I have... uh, Okay, we've got that first slide. So I'm only going to talk about one aspect of disciple-making today, but I'm going to mention the others. Uh, Please understand that in disciples being made, there's at least four uh, responsibilities that we can dole out. One is the Spirit of God. So in John 14 and 17, 16, all through that passage, giving his last discourse to the disciples, he talks a lot about what the Spirit is going to do once he is gone. We're not going to talk about that today, except uh, in cursory uh, ways. The second one is the church itself. So disciples can't be made apart from the church of God. Uh, If you do that, you'll probably wind up with a cult. And uh, so that's kind of dangerous. Then, of course, the discipler uh, himself, the person doing the discipling, helping others, uh, that's the one we're going to talk about today, that you could be a discipler, and you can turn the world upside down, like Paul and others have done. So we'll talk about that one today. And then the individual, we won't say so much about that one today, but the individual being discipled plays a, a, a major part as well, because if they don't cooperate with God and the discipler, then they won't be a discipler. And there's several examples of that in Scripture, Old and New Testament. So we're we're only going to cover the disciple today. Uh, So to start off with, the major thing we're going to work on, we're we're going to uh, do some exegetical work on 2 Timothy 2.2, but this is the idea that we're mainly going to work on, is life on life. Now, 2 Timothy 3, 10, and 11 have most of the things on this list, The one thing that is not in the text that's on this list is character. Uh, And that kind of encapsulates some of the things that are on this list. But largely in making disciples, it's life on life. Now, a good example of this, the best example of disciple maker in my mind is a mother. So think about what a mother does. So how many times does a mother have to teach a small child how to eat with a spoon before the child can eat? with a spoon dozens, dozens and yeah, dozens so you give the child a spoon and they wave it around and, and you know rake things off on the floor and throw it and oh my bad yeah, let me shut that uh, thing off I can't punch a button otherwise it'll answer it <laughs> give me a moment to shut off my ringer by the way uh, Our pastor one time started a staff meeting, and he said, okay, all you guys shut your phones off. I don't want any distractions. During the meeting, the youth director called the pastor, and his phone rang. (laughs) I thought that was great. All right, so my apology for the interruption. Life on life. So think about how many times a mother has to do the same thing over and over and over before a child gets it. It's very similar in disciple making. So if disciple making is only done by the group that is the church, can you name me some things, and I'll ask you to voice them, can you name me some things that won't get done in a person's life if only the group disciples the person? Does that question make sense? Some things. There will be no imitation of someone that's right. Unless that person happens to pick somebody out of the group that they like and begin to imitate them. And that happens. But that's often what's missing. Can, what else would you name? Uh, personal accountability. That's right. Because <laughs> they can just hide, keep doing the same sins over and over. Nobody calls them on it because nobody knows. Can you name some other things? Yeah, that's right. A lot of questions don't get answered because they don't ask and nobody addresses their questions. There's a lot of things they'll never learn to do because nobody sat with them long enough to help them actually do it. Let me give you an example. Quiet time. What's the best way to teach somebody to have a, how to have a quiet time, a daily time of devotion with the Lord? Well, you could tell them. You could give them the little seven minutes with God track or you could describe two of them out of the Bible, how do you think they'll do? Poorly. They won't. (laughs) Now, in some cases, individuals figure this out on their own, and they do it. You know what i found is that out of all people, all Christians, that is, about 10% make it and do all these things, whether you help them or not. And there's another about 15% who will kind of work at it, and they kind of bump along and never get into real consistency. And the rest of the 75% never do it. American Christians, in many ways, are pathetic. They just go to the meeting and listen. They don't even take notes, and they don't go home, I won't embarrass you, but I could ask you, what did Brian Hughes preach on last Sunday? Don't even remember what was preached on, or two weeks ago. No application gets made. There's no change. They just go, well, go watch a concert and have some pizza. So it's entertainment, and disciple-making will keep that from happening to the people that you're around. So life on life, all of those things that Paul mentioned, and a couple that are Uh, part of character, are things that because Timothy was with him all the time, he got to observe all that. So Paul didn't have to tell him that he did it. Timothy saw it. Are you willing to have somebody see enough out of you to know what you're really like? Or can you not take that chance? So to be a disciple, you're going to have to decide to be vulnerable because they're going to see all of your flaws. So I want to comment on disciple-making. I want to comment on the multiplication idea for a moment. But just to have a little joke here, I have a Baptist background. I'm not committed to the Baptists, but that's my background. You know, the Bible teaches that you can reach the world through multiplication, but the Baptists have proven you can do it through division. (laughs) There are four other churches in my hometown that were started by my church, not intentionally. That's not a good way to do this. But notice that multiplication is God's design from the get-go. What's the first command that God gave to man? Be fruitful and multiply. He gave that also for the birds and the fish and the beast. He wanted the fish to fill the seas. He didn't say he wanted the birds to fill the skies. Like it was hard to fly planes. He didn't say he wanted animals to fill the earth. He did say he wants people to fill the earth. And now we know what kind of people he wants to fill the earth. He wants them to be like Jesus. So that's his design from the get-go. He did the same thing with Abraham. He used those, that same term with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. He also used it later with David. He wants multiplying disciples, disciples who make disciples. How many in here would like to be married eventually? Oh, man, most of you don't. That's good. (laughs) That's some good celibates going here. (laughs) Um, Probably most of you do. Suppose you got married, and then you told mom and dad, you know, mom and dad, uh, we're not going to have any kids. Uh, They're kind of a hassle, and they cost money, and... You know, you got to change the diaper. I mean, we're just not going to do it. What do you think mom and dad would think of that? <laughs> <laughs> Say what? What was the comment? Me. That's right. They'd said, don't come back to my house. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, I just wrote you out of the will. Yeah, they wouldn't like that. That's what is the design. And that's what you want. And that's what they want. And notice that that's just part of God's design. And by the way, It doesn't matter what your spiritual gift is. It doesn't matter what your intelligence quotient is. It doesn't matter what you have accomplished. Everybody can have children. All believers can make disciples, all believers. One of my favorite examples is um, uh, in the early days of the Navigator organization, uh, Dawson Trotman was still alive and training men, and one of his guys was Lauren Sandy, who later became the president after him of the Navigators. And Lauren recruited four military guys, because the nav started with military, to be in a Bible study. Only one of them showed up. And the guy who showed up was, he had these big black horn-rimmed glasses, and he was kind of awkward and didn't talk very well, and So Lauren was hugely uh, disappointed. So he went to Dawson. He said, Dawson, what do I do? I invited these four guys, and one guy showed up, and he's not not all that impressive. And Dawson said, disciple him. That guy became and is still the leader of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association's disciple-making effort worldwide. Think about that. If at that point he thinks, this guy's a loser, I'm not going to help him, look what he misses. There are people right next to you who, if you would help them, they would change and become like Jesus. And very often they don't because they don't know what to do. You know, I think here's what a mother should do. She has the baby. Uh, Baby's about, you know, two weeks old. Say, now, baby, look, here's some food, here's some toys. There's a book, I know you don't read yet, but you will eventually. Mommy's gotta go to work. Prop the baby up, you know, put some blankets, prop it up, and say, okay, have a good day, baby. I'll see you, I'll see you later tonight. How do you think that would work out? That's why many Christians don't go anywhere in the Christian life, is because nobody comes alongside and helps them grow, like a mother does a baby. Okay, so personal attention. Um, 1 Thess 2, 7 through 11 discusses that. It talks about the nourishment, the, the tender nourishment of a mother, and talks about the, the role of a father. And that's in the context of making disciples. And 2.8 says that we, we were imparted our lives to you, not only the gospel, but our lives as well. And that's what a mother does, imparts her life at great cost. And that's what you could do. Now, right now, I realize that you, most of you feel like uh, Jesus talked about in Matthew 9. You feel like sheep without a shepherd. You have all these classes that you have to do and all these tests, and you've got a job, and you're kind of running here and there, and you're looking for dates, and, you know, life's difficult. So right now, you're not thinking too much about that. But as you read through your Bible, pay attention to how God used individuals to help people grow within the context of local congregations of the church. Okay, so if if you have a Bible, turn to 2 Timothy 2.2. If you don't have a Bible, by the way, I'm going to use the one on my phone. I promise I won't get on Facebook. I can see this one better, so I I prefer to use it. 2 Timothy 2.2. We're going to exegete this passage just a little bit. I want to show you the generations and how they fit into that plan of God of multiplying. 2 Timothy 2.2, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is the New King James, so they're going to be a little different. Let's look at each of those phrases just a little bit. And the things that you have heard from me, what were those things? Can you name them? Can you name me any of them? Okay. Where would that be? From Paul. Where would the gospel be from Paul? Can you name me a place that we could find that? That's right. That's right. All of his letters, okay? Can you name me some more things? And the things you've heard from me. That's right. Where can we find that? That's right. Written by Paul. Where can we find that? That's right. So think about it. You know some of these. They were available for everybody. The things that you've heard from me. So that establishes the things we're talking about. It's the things in Scripture, in this case, Paul's letters. The next phrase among many witnesses, who were they? Can you name them? Who were the witnesses to Paul's teachings? Church who? Church That's right. Who else? Can you name some other witnesses of Paul's teachings? Probably everybody who came in contact. <laughs> That's right. Everybody who came in contact. Can you name some others, specifically? Barnabas. Barnabas. Lydia. If you start thinking about it, it's a great number of people. Pharisees. Judaizers. The good and the bad and the ugly. Here's the thing about that. Uh, to many witnesses is it wasn't done in secret. For instance, even in, I'll point out the verse here, John 18, 20, the Pharisees are harassing Jesus and they're saying, what do you teach? And he said, ask anybody you want. I didn't do this in secret. Everybody will tell you what I teach. Ask anybody you want. Ask my disciples. Ask the Pharisees. They all know because I said it in front of the whole world in front of everybody. So we're not talking about secret information here, secret handshakes and things like that, no, no. It's available for everybody. Entrust these to faithful men. Why didn't he say teach these to faithful men? Why did he say entrust? It's not just information. Other ideas? Deposit. deposit to be made. Other ideas? Yeah. Yes. Excellent. I think the word teach, uh, a student just listening. Yes. Trust that down. Yes, that's good. I like that. Very good. So, I drove a rental car up here. Now, aside from the fact that I have to pay for another driver. Suppose you came and wanted to borrow my rental car. What would be a reason I might not give you my rental car to drive? That's right. I don't trust you. Because <laughs> if you mess it up, I have to pay. And trust, The things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men. What makes faithful men or women? What makes faithful men or women? Faithful to who? Faithful to who? Okay. Do you know a verse on that? You don't have to know exactly where the verse is. If you can just tell us what it says, we'll we'll find out where it is. Um, Him or anybody. That's true? That's right. So there's one, faithful to the church. Faithful to who else? Jesus Christ. That's the main thing. So the church, that's true. But if you're faithful to the church, and you're not faithful to Jesus, you're also not faithful to the church. Don't mix those up. If you're faithful to Gail Heidi, or Danny, or any of the other leaders, teachers, but you're not faithful to Jesus... You're kidding yourself. And we're all going to find out sooner than later. Faithful to Jesus. Faithful men. Entrust these to faithful men. What does that imply, who not to trust these to? Entrust these to? Unfaithful men. That talks about selection. So Jesus didn't just choose anybody. Now, the guys he chose were all knuckleheads. I mean... You know, it's pretty hard to think that he picked a very good group of people. But they were faithful because when it came time to walk away, what did Peter say? Jesus said, you want to leave too? What did he say? Where else shall we go? go? You have the words of eternal life. That's faithful. He trusts Jesus above all else. Now, aside from the fact that he and the other guys all deserted Jesus uh, on the cross, Other than that, and especially after that, then he paid the price with his life. He paid for it with his life. So faithful men, when you're helping people, don't just give your life to anybody. How can you find out if a person is faithful? Well, teach them some basics, how to have a quiet time, how to do Bible study how to serve in the church. Teach them a couple of things and see what they do with it. And if they don't follow through, you probably don't have a faithful person. But a person who really wants to know Jesus and do whatever he says, when you give them something to do, they'll say, I'll do it. I don't mean they're there if the church doors are open. That's not the same thing. If they're faithful to Christ, then when you give them things to do that comes from Jesus, the things that you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, those things, they'll want to do that because they'll want to please Jesus. And then the next phrase, who will be able to teach others also. What makes a person able to teach God's Word? They have to know it. Pharisees knew it. How about that? They What? What? They need the Holy Spirit. Oh, yes. So they need to know the word. They need to know the Holy Spirit. What else? I mean, they need to have the Holy Spirit. What else? Do what? Have to, disciples. have to gather a disciple. Have to gather somebody to teach. <laughs> the do what the says. You have to obey it. Does anybody know John 14, 21? He who has my commands and keeps them. He it is who loves me. So you have to obey God's word. Know it, have the Holy Spirit. By the way, a good passage on the need for the Holy Spirit is 1 John 2, 10 through 15, because it says that the Holy Spirit knows the things of God. He can impart them to you. There's no other way for you to get them. The Pharisees knew the word of God. They just didn't know anything about God. One guy I knew, you'd like to ask the question, who knew the most about God, Abraham or the Pharisees? Definitely. The Pharisees. Abraham didn't know about God. That's right. <laughs> but he trusted God. It's not how much do you know. You talk about Reformation theology. No, it's not about arguing theology. It's about do you trust God? That's excellent. Good thoughts. You don't have to be gifted to teach. So don't say, well, I don't teach because I'm not any good at it. Sorry, that's not the requirement. Moms, for instance, could say, well, you know, I've got this baby to raise, but I'm really not any good at this sort of thing. I've never done this before, so I think I'm going to ask my neighbor to do it, because she's got five kids. No, neighbor doesn't want to do it. She paid her price. She's not going to do it again. (laughs) Don't, Don't bring me your kids. I won't raise your kids. But the mom says, but I don't know what I'm doing. And the neighbor says, I will help you. Just don't bring them over here. <laughs> no, I mean, she's probably glad to have them around once in a while. Who <clears throat> will be able to teach others also. So you see the generations here. Now let's see if I can make this work. Oh, it's amazing. I made it work. <laughs> I have a degree in electrical engineering, but it doesn't do me much good. So notice this, in this verse, Paul is A, Timothy is B, faithful men is C, others also is D. This is God's design. This is what God wants to do. If you only have B, you're not done. It's faithful men and others also. Now, this bottom thing is not exact. It's just my opinion. In fact, Gail, I'd be interested in know how you would see that. But what is a what is B a measure of? I said it's a measure of A's training. Thoughts, Gail? Anybody else? What, what is B a measure of for A? We're, we want to evaluate A's ministry. What is C a measure of? What is D a measure of? I would say B is the measure of A's discipline. Good. Yes, sticks with it. That's excellent, because that's be true of a mother and a child. Sticks with it. Other thoughts? C is the measure of A's love. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which one? C. C. Actually, Why so? I think with a mother and a child, when um, a mother raises her child the right way, the grandchildren will know, well, wow, my mom, I can see, or my mom or my dad, I can see the love that was put in. Oh, that's good. I like that. That's good thinking. So you kind of play around with these ideas and you can see what should I be in order to be some of these things we're talking about? Good. Good thoughts. is the measure of prayer. Okay. How so? Because that's something that they probably have very little any influence on except That's right. <laughs> that's excellent. I like that. Yeah, do you care? if there will be spiritual grandchildren or great-grandchildren? Do you even care? Or do you say to yourself, well, I help them, I'm I'm done? No, no, that's not it at all. In fact, you'll be around to help the great-grandchildren, hopefully. Okay, I'll show you a couple more things since we have a little time. here's the tool I most use to help me evaluate where people are at that I'm helping. So convert in this case doesn't mean the event. It means that that person has been walking with the Lord long enough to be a stable convert. It takes about a year, maybe less for a person to become that stable convert. And I find, I'm going to give you an example to help a person have a quiet time it will take me four appointments minimum to help them learn to have a quiet time. Because I will, the first time, I will have a quiet time with them, and I will tell them what a quiet time is. The second time, I will have a quiet time with them, and then I will talk to them about some other ideas out of the Bible as to what we're trying to accomplish with a quiet time. The third time, I'll have a quiet time with them, and then we'll we'll cover some of their issue in regard to quiet time. And I'm asking them how they're doing in the week uh, in between our appointment. The fourth time I'll have a quiet time with them, can you kind of catch a pattern here? With him. It's always with him. Don't tell people to do things you won't do with them. That's what a mother does. Remember my illustration? Okay, baby, here's some food and toys and an extra diaper. Uh, the television's on. I'll see you tonight. No, it's with them. It's life on life. This, look, dude, the only thing easier than this is probably drowning. Making disciples is not difficult. One time, Brian Hughes said to me, You know, Brad, I used to think, Why are you doing this full time? It's so easy. He was right. (laughs) It's easy. You don't have to even be smart. It's a good thing. I qualify. It doesn't matter what people think of you. John John 15, 16, Jesus said, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Guess whose decision it is that I will bear fruit and it will remain? Jesus, not mine. I've made a lot of disciples. I've had many failures and I've had some successes. The failures are not mine. The successes are not mine either. They're God's. My job is to make disciples. His job is to actually make it work. You can't lose. <laughs> Give your life to it. You can't lose. Let me show you another one. Oh, let me mention a couple more things. I find it takes about two years, sometimes less, to help a person become a stable disciple so that they're. Uh, doing some basic disciplines on a regular basis schedule, however you want to say that, and they're serving in the body of Christ, and they're stable in their walk with God. takes about two years. It takes about three years or more to make a worker. That's a person who understands the basics, who knows how to teach them, who knows how to give their life to people, who has a servant attitude, who takes initiative, who's gotten past the idea that life is about me, It takes about three or four years. It takes five years or longer to make a leader, a spiritual leader, a person who has enough uh, EQ as well as IQ, emotional quotient, who is not easily rocked, who doesn't get bitter easily, who doesn't get angry easily. Remember what I told you about sheep? They will hurt you. They'll make you wish you'd never take it. They'll make you wish you'd been a dish digger. So you've got to be tough. Mothers are tough. you got to be tough. So the idea for the illustration is in the early going, like that bottom line, the emphasis is on do. Guess what a mother does with a baby? Okay, baby, eat this food. Doesn't matter what the baby thinks about the food. Or whether the baby wants to eat. You have to eat. <laughs> do. It's later that we start thinking about more of the why. Now, we're going to tell them why, but character becomes much more important later. B. So, Gail Heidi, nobody asks what Gail Heidi does. They know he does a lot, nobody cares. It's what he is. Students especially don't care. So when you're a young Christian, nobody cares what you are. I was a horrible person as a young Christian. Immoral, arrogant. I was not a good person to be around. They've got to look past that. You can't do that with Gil Heidi. If he's arrogant and horrible, no, no, we can't have that. And sometimes shepherds become that. They become like the sheep. And I'll finish with this. Here's Five things you can do with a person. Whatever you want to teach, quiet time, scripture memory, dating, whatever you want to teach. Get the Bible and tell them what and why. Show them how. Don't tell them how. Show them how. So mom takes a spoon and says, okay, baby, here's how you use a spoon. Baby waves a spoon all around. Eventually, though, she'll, the baby will imitate the mom, and then eventually they'll get it. Show them how. Get them started. They have to do it. Get them started. Okay, when are you going to have a quiet time? Oh, I don't know. Maybe after my 3 o'clock. Nah, how about if we do it a little earlier? About before your 8 o'clock. Oh, are you kidding? I mean, I have an 8 o'clock. I've got to get up at a quarter till and just in time to make it. Now, of course, the girls don't do that. The girls, you know, God, made mir- God gave the idea of mirrors for women's sake. Guys don't need a mirror. I mean, unless they just want to strut in front of it. So a guy gets up in the morning, and he doesn't care what his hair is like, you know, and just grabs some food poke it in his face and head down the road. So you, (laughs) now not all guys do that, but you know, if a guy's got an eight o'clock and he lives five miles from campus, he gets up at a quarter till, he'll be fine. He'll make it. But a woman gets up and you know, she does her hair and face and all like this. And so, you know, she needs some time. So girls don't be quite the same. So get them started, keep them going. That means you have to be watching. You can't just go away and forget it. So even when I'm helping a guy, I don't wait a week to check in on their quiet time. I check in the next day and I get, have another quiet time with them because there's a lot of with him and then help them reproduce it. So now I've helped a guy and I say, who could you help have a quiet time? Well, Joe, I'm thinking about helping Joe. Okay, when are you gonna do it? Well, I don't know. And so then I have to help him think through every step. Okay, I'll go do it tomorrow. And here's what I'll actually do. And then they have a plan. Now I'm just going to quickly show you a couple tools. This was, uh, I don't know if it was derived by, I, I got it from uh, Oswald Sanders. Um, notice what Jesus did. This is the selection idea, that he had 12, really he had three. You don't know too much about the other part of the 12. But he didn't give his life to the multitude. So when they walk away, he doesn't lose anything. If the 12 walk away, he lost it all but they didn't. That's the importance of making disciples. Uh, This idea uh, I use a lot in church right now with uh, staff is, um, uh, we'll start over with brother, which is a term the Bible uses a lot. A brother is a person who has an intentional relationship that says, no matter what conflicts we have, I'm never leaving. It's like marriage. That's what a brother should be. You know what most Christians are? They're stuck on first base. They're acquaintances saying, if you offend me, I'm out of here. Is that what your relationships are like? You won't make disciples with that. It's going to cost you to make disciples. And you're going to have to resolve difficult conflicts. So the, the first one is incidental. Making acquaintances, no problem. But you're going to pay to be a brother or a sister. You're gonna pay. It's gonna be painful. Welcome aboard. This is a tool that I use. Make up any tools you want. I'm just gonna show you an example. Four basic disciplines I want a Christian to learn, and I work with them, with him, on these, on a weekly and daily basis. Real illustration, You you can Google this thing. It's a hand illustration. Five things you can do to help a person learn the Word of God. The thumb is meditate. So to get a grip on God's Word, you don't just take it in. You meditate, apply it, so that it gets a hold of your life. Uh, again, you can Google these. There's that same illustration naming all the the uh, five things. Here's a prayer hand. Uh, you can use ACTS. This is a, a, an extra point. Just... W- Tools, come up with ways to illustrate what it is that you want this person to be doing. And that's the whole idea of all these tools. Okay, let me stop. Any questions? If not, that's fine. Yes? How do we deal with failure? Uh, Okay, so you tried to help a person they didn't make it. So what would we say the four responsibilities were? The Holy Spirit, the church, you, the the disciple himself. You have three other things that you can't control. The main one you can't control is the Holy Spirit. It is God who has to draw them. If they don't want to walk with God, that's not your fault. Even if you make a mistake and say something stupid or do something stupid, how hard is it for the Holy Spirit to recover from that? Can you give an example of something out of the Bible where somebody did the wrong thing and God still made it work? Yeah, Jonah, Joseph. Yeah, by the way, what's a good career path if you want to be prime minister of Egypt? How would you, what would you say a good career path is? How about seven years a slave and seven years in prison? Is that a good career path? God says, yeah, I think so. I made it work. So see it's not up to you it's up to God. He has to make it work. This is not the mafia. Otherwise we'd just have the mafia do it. Break legs, you know. Burn down houses. I got a baseball bat. That's, That's right. Bat- baseball bat we give usher those to everybody. Brad, there are a couple of students that have to get going cuz of the meeting. Okay. I'll pray and let's quit. Lord Jesus thank you very much for our time together. Would you take these people and turn them into disciple-makers? In Jesus' name, amen.